So hello guys for another episode of Space Space Podcast. This is your host Girinath and today we have someone really interesting. Usually we talk about a lot of uh, engineering and a lot of different domains in space. Today we are going to talk about space tourism and we have Mr. Boris Otter. He's the president of Swiss Space Tourism in Switzerland, <laughs> based on Switzerland and uh, Hello, Mr. Boris. Welcome to the podcast. Yes. Uh, hello, Girinat. Uh, thank you very much for invitation. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Thank you. Okay. So we are together for 45 minutes, uh, as you informed me. So I will be ready to reply to any questions regarding space tourism or cosmonaut training uh, in Russia also. So just uh, feel free to ask uh, your questions and I will reply with big pleasure. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, first of all, let's go to the introduction on your passion for aviation and astronautics, where uh, you tried to begin on uh, 1981, if I'm not wrong. Like, I remember you gave me one of the biographies from 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 the convention, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, that yes, was really yes. an interesting read, to be honest. I was reading it when I was back in my plane. So yeah, yeah. Actually, it's uh, it's correct. I mean, uh, I started to like everything that was connected with aviation uh, already when I was uh, 14, 15 years old, and I had the chance to have a course uh, which was given by a very old guy, very old instructor, flight instructor. Uh, and this guy, he was a military pilot in Switzerland during uh, World War II. Okay, you know, Switzerland is neutral, but nevertheless, we had military aircraft and he was flying one of them. And he was teaching us, to the young students we were, everything about uh, meteorology, aerodynamics, uh, general aviation laws, how to fly an aircraft. And he was making some uh, kind of uh, competitions between us. And uh, the winner of uh, the competition was able to fly uh, as a co-pilot with him, with the instructor, and was able to touch uh, the stick of the aircraft during the flight, meaning you were able to fly an aircraft uh, with an instructor next to you at 14, 15 years old, and this totally free of charge. And it opened really my eyes to this uh, world of uh, pilot and aviation, and I became completely mad. So later on, what I did, I made uh, my pilot license, aircraft. I was doing some gliders before to, to start to learn to fly. After I made my uh, single engine, after uh, I went to Russia, for the first time in 1994, when I was 25 mm -hmm. years old. And there I could fly a Sukhoi 27, a Russian military jet. It was the, the dream of my life. And after this, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, now I need to fly. I need to become aerobatic pilots because I got up to six Gs of acceleration during this flight. And that's what I did. I finished my pilot license. Immediately after, I made my aerobatic license, meaning that after I was able in 96 already to be pilot of an aerobatic aircraft and to take passengers with me. It was so good, really. I took uh, more than uh, 40, 50 people with me who were making their first flight, aerobatic. And uh, after I was thinking, okay, what is next step for me? Because I'm always looking to the sky and see, oh, what is the next level I can reach? And I was thinking, wow, helicopters, I like them very much. So I became a helicopter pilot. I made my license. You know, it was absolutely amazing also transitioned because I could fly and without moving 
helicopter when he's making stationary flight, you can push uh, on the left pedal, uh, left pedal, and it's turning uh, around uh, himself, and you have no speed, zero speed, and it was so amazing situation uh, that I was thinking, wow, now I reach the top. But it was not true. The next level for me, it was after uh, space, because I was uh, still looking upstairs. And I understood that, okay, I'm flying aircraft, uh, I'm flying uh, helicopter. I made also seaplane and gyrocopter after, but space was still the main thing. And I went again to uh, Moscow, to Star City, and uh, then I was able to make uh, zero gravity flights. And during zero gravity flights, you are like a cosmonaut. You are flying zero G. And that was uh, opening for me to the eyes that it's possible to uh, to fly maybe one day to space. Yeah, it's it's similar like zero Z experience from uh, France. Yeah, uh, they used to fly in France, if I'm not wrong. Yes, you can yeah. fly from France exactly yeah, yeah, on board yeah. an Airbus three uh, yeah. ten, or you can go to USA and fly a Boeing seven two seven, or in Russia like I did with a Nyushin seventy six, and uh, this is a really cosmonaut adventure. Yeah, yeah, it's really you know like really interesting and. Yeah, I can see a lot of pictures of you with a lot of planes, you know, like you have a gyrocopter, seaplane, uh, transportation license, commercial license. Yes, um, I made also my uh, airline pilot license, actually, mm -hmm. but uh, I was not lucky because the period was not correct. You know, it happened during 11 of, uh, of uh, September 2001 when it was this uh, attack on the World Trade Center in New York and uh, in USA, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I could not find a, a job of, of co-pilot at that time because it became uh, such a mess in the world with pilots and with airlines companies that uh, I could not find. So I kept my license valid until uh, 2005. And after I started to work in aviation environment, but on the ground, on the ground level. Yeah, yeah. Talking about zero Z flights, I I can see like you guys conducted a lot of experiments, like mainly like when it comes to zero Z. Do you remember any experiments you guys conducted in zero Z? Absolutely. Actually, you know when uh, you are making such kind of flights, you are making ten parabolas or fifteen parabolas. You know, parabolas is just when you make it like this and you have a mm -hmm. twenty-eight seconds of zero gravity. So in my brain. I was uh, planning several experiences and I wanted to try all of them. Actually, the first one, you cannot choose anything because it's the first uh, experimentation for you. You need to, to hold a security uh, metallic uh, bar and uh, to, to keep holding on it. And when it came to this moment that uh, my body started to float inside the aircraft, I was thinking, my goodness, I have only 10 parabolas. I don't want to miss one of them. So I, I, I opened my hand and I started to float freely inside uh, the Yushin 76. And uh, the thing is that uh, you, you are floating, but you are not in, in space exactly, meaning that uh, the aircraft uh, is flying, but it's kind of uh, atmospheric pressure outside that is slowing it down. But you inside the cabin, you are not slowed down. You are still moving, meaning that I was moving in the front of uh, the aircraft like this. And after a while, you need to descend because uh, uh, when it's uh, the end of the gravity, you are falling down very tough from the sky. So at the moment, exactly when it, it was ready to descend, I gave my hand to my instructor 
and my instructor, he took my hand and pulled me down. And that was a great <laughs> moment because if not, then I would fall maybe from uh, one, two meters, you know, it, it can be a pain after a painful. Yeah. So that was the first one. The second parabola, we made it group photo, meaning that we were uh, 10 people, passengers who were paying for their tickets. And uh, we were all gathered together, holding each other by the arms. And uh, when it became zero G, we were all floating inside the aircraft, big smile on our face because it's a second parabola yeah. only. And the photograph took a lot of photos of us. Of course, they don't do it at the end because at the end, not everybody is smiling the same. You know, you start to be feeling a yeah. little bit uh, airsick, let's say like yeah. this for some people and some can really vomit also yeah. uh, inside, the, inside the aircraft. And the next parabolas I wanted also to try it was to make a bubble of water. I had water in front of me and by pushing the water out from the bottle, it became this round bubble and I could see my face inverted in it. This I saw oh. uh, in International Space Station. A lot of astronauts were making this experimentation, meaning it was a big, big bubble of water and completely mm -hmm. inverted uh, face inside. And I did the same with a smaller, of course, uh, bubble of water, but it worked perfectly. I also tried uh, uh, to have a book. I had a book like, like the one I gave you, uh, and it yeah. was a How to Fly Zero G. And I took this book, uh, and it was exactly the book that I was reading before to make my Zero G flight. It was telling me how to behave, what to do, what not to do. And I took this book and left it fly. And this Zero G uh, book was flying in zero gravity for real. And that was really a great moment because uh, this book, I still have it. And when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, wow, he was flying zero G with me, this one. And after it was other experimentations that were uh, offered by uh, mm -hmm. the instructor. For example, they uh, put me with the feet on the ceiling. My two feet were touching the ceiling and uh, the guy was almost not holding me, meaning that you don't need glue. <laughs> to go to the ceiling and to be uh, hang on it. Uh, in zero gravity, you can just uh, hold like this because you are floating and yeah. uh, it's amazing experimentation to make also. And another one, uh, instructor, he took me, he told me to make uh, like a, a kind of ball to close myself. Yeah. And he was throwing me from one instructor to the other inside the cabin. So you are floating, turning on your, onto yourself uh, and uh, you are just watching around thinking, wow, what is it? I'm floating and turning left and right. Uh, that was a great uh, moment. And at the end, uh, I wanted to do uh, several more things, but <clears throat> honestly speaking, I must say that uh, you start to be a little bit uh, airsick or seasick after seven, yeah. eight parabolas. Because uh, I did not take any medicine, you know, against seasickness yeah. or airsickness. I wanted to make it naturally, to, to feel really the things uh, the more naturally as possible. And I understood what it is. I mean, yeah. it's not difficult to be zero gravity. What is difficult? It's uh, when you are getting two Gs before and two Gs after. Your body and uh, your uh, vestibular uh, system, it means in your ears, don't understand why. Uh, you are moved up, down, left, right, uh, head up, head down, and you don't see outside. So your body doesn't understand what's going on. And uh, it starts to show you some uh, effects. For example, uh, your mouth starts to be very dry. Then you start to sweat. And then you get very hot. And suddenly you become uh, between white and green in your face. It means it's the last time <laughs> before yeah. to take a bag and to vomit. And out yeah. of 10 people we were inside, Three of them vomited during the flight, and not oh. in during zero gravity, but in between two 
period of zero gravity, they had bag and they had to take the bag. It was uh, somehow difficult. Huh? You see, it's not something easy. You cannot go like Luna Park, big smile. No, it's it's good, excellent at the beginning, but if you do too much, it's becoming excessive. Mm -hmm. Did you notice any changes in your blood flow in your body or change in the heart rate, the blood pump? When uh... you mean you mean physically speaking? Physically, uh, yeah. Yes, of course. Uh, you you feel the change on, on the way that uh, uh, you, you are getting warm because you are moving a lot. You are making a lot of movements uh, up, down. You get two Gs. You get zero G. Out of ten parabolas, it means that twenty times you get two Gs before and two Gs after. So you start to get a little bit hot. Yes, that's why sweating was one of the first signs. Dry mouth also. And the heartbeat, I mean, I was not checking it directly, but I felt it was a lot of adrenaline. It is something that is really, really unusual, exceptional, and you should live once in your life to understand what is it. But yeah, to, to, okay. to float, really, how can I say? It's like to be in the swimming pool, but you can breathe normally. You are really, uh, you can relax your body completely and nothing yeah. is happening. You can move left and right. You will not move. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's 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 the air. It's not like water. Huh? You can try to, to move uh, as much as you want. Nothing will happen. You will stay in the same place. You can just change your position, actually. I was trying one or two times mm -hmm. to, to make a movement to, to, to change my position. It was okay, but I could not get a translation from A to B inside the aircraft. I was still at the same point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So let's go a little bit further about your training uh, in uh, European Astronaut Center in Cologne in 2018. Ah. Yes. Okay. So, so you... uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I went to a European Astronaut Center mm -hmm. in order to visit to visit uh, the center. Mm -hmm. I wanted to mm -hmm. see if it was possible for me to make uh, some uh, training, a private cosmonaut training, like I was doing in Russia, mm -hmm. but. In Germany, in the European uh, Astronaut Center, you cannot train as a private uh, cosmonaut or astronaut. You can mm -hmm. only watch, meaning that they will show you some things. For example, uh, the Hydro Lab. This is a swimming pool where you can make mm -hmm. extravehicular activities and dive, uh, mm -hmm. uh, like if you were going into space. But you you, you will see see it through a, a big window, meaning like uh, it's like an aquarium. You know, you are outside and you look at the fish that are inside. But you cannot go to swim with the fish. You have no access. In Russia, you can do it. You can become one of the fish that is going into the swimming pool and uh, dive around the International Space Station. But uh, what I understood, and I asked, I asked why you are not giving possibilities mm -hmm. to people like me who are ready to pay for a private cosmonaut training to do it. Mm -hmm. And they, they replied was, uh, this is uh, public money which is paying for this uh, yeah. European uh, Astronaut uh, uh, Center. So we cannot give access uh, to people uh, just for this. This money is used yeah. by public and it is for the training of the professional cosmonauts. You cannot train. I was lucky to see several things. I also see uh, Frank De, De Wine, who is a chief of the astronaut uh, corps of uh, uh, Cologne, Cologne uh, of the astronauts. Yeah. And... Uh, Definitely, you can watch, but you cannot do anything there. So yeah. I did not get training, if you understand it uh, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was about to ask about your visit. Uh, somehow, unfortunately, I went as a training because, you know, like you trained at a lot of places. And yeah, 
as we understand some places have some restrictions quite understandable but yeah actually end, the, yeah. The, the, the only place that is actually uh, really open for uh, for space tourists i mean if you want to make training it's russia if you go to russia you can do everything you can make a centrifuge you can make a zero g flight you can fly a military jet you can uh, go to uh, uh, international space station mock-up mir mock-up uh, you can uh, try the rotating chair you can try a, a real cosmonaut food space food meaning but in germany you forget now it is in usa uh nastar nastar it's yeah. a company which is giving now possibilities to train for space tourists who wants to make a suborbital flight so yes it starts to be possible from the usa yeah. or in, in europe uh, you have a space training academy of uh, nancy vermelen who gives possibility also to have part of training like zero G flight on a small aircraft, business jet, yeah. or a simulator also. There are some possibilities that now are getting more and more open to public like uh, like you and me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was in an analog astronaut training in Poland. It's basically like a simulation. Uh, it was from Dr. Agata. So it's like slowly becoming accessible for everyone. And probably like, countries are changing their laws towards space and the space tourism i wish it could be changed you know like change at all the places so that we have access for more access to learn a little bit more on space yeah and moreover talking about the history of space tourism as always you said every country has their own policies and uh the space race between USA and Russia were really, you know, like getting really going on like a biggest, uh, like a cold war on the 1960s. You remember, if you remember, Yuri Gagarin was uh, first person to go to space. And on the other end, Russia was uh, like trying to send the people on the moon. And uh, USA was working on the moon, uh, moon, moon, moon missions like apollo missions so yeah so space tourism started on the mid i would say on mid 80s and 90s probably if i'm not wrong yeah actually the first space tourist who really went uh, let's say officially by paying his ticket uh, it was uh, tito the tito and it was in 2001 uh, if i remember yeah. uh, 2001 uh, before they sent some people to space who could be considered as space tourists. For example, a member of the Senate of America, uh, he was not officially an astronaut. He was a politic guy. And for political reasons, they put him to space. I uh, give the name of Jack Garn, for example, Jack Garn. But the guy, when he went to space, he was sick like never during all the mission. He was not able to accomplish his duties, and they made uh, a sickness uh, scale of uh, how you can be sick in space, and they call it the Garn sickness uh, scale somehow. If you have a number uh, eight out of eight, meaning you are uh, like uh, Senator Jack Garn, you are completely sick, you can do nothing, you are uh, <laughs> useless for a mission. And it's showing that it was not a good example to send people who are not professional astronauts to space just for political reasons. You know, it's it's showing it's not easy to go to space. I mean, not everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. can uh, can support it. It's physically tough. You need to have a good training. You need to be physically fit. 
and uh, mentally prepared also. But uh, let's say real space tourism for me started 2001 when Denis Tito went to the International Space Station. Yeah. And yeah, now we can currently see they are going to shoot uh, film some movies in space as well. That's quite interesting for uh, space tourism industry. And uh, talking about the difficulties faced when uh, you're trying to work on the space tourism industry, in especially in Switzerland, when we are trying to establish what are the difficulties you faced when you try to establish one in Switzerland? Well, the major difficulties, uh, which is concerning not only space tourists, but all what is touching space, uh, is always the same. It's money. If you don't have money, you can do nothing. You need to have funds. And who can uh, pay for that? Until now, it was all paid by uh, states. I mean, uh, you have Russia, you have China, you have India, you have USA. They were taking over all the charges because it's uh, billions of dollars or millions, let's say like this. Now, as a space tourist, you want to go to space, it has a cost. I mean, if you want to make a, a small suborbital flight or... Uh, Just below Karman Line with Virgin Galactic, for example, it's 450,000 uh, US dollars, almost half a million. If you want to fly uh, with uh, Blue Origin, they did not give the price. It's it's under uh, non-disclosure agreement, meaning you cannot uh, say the price. But we know that uh, by experience, one guy who flew two times, he paid eight millions dollars his ticket. And he did it twice, meaning that he paid two times eight millions dollars to make two times suborbital flight above Karman line. So to give you an idea, I mean, it's not a prize that the majority of the people will never be able to afford. You should be very rich or very lucky to go to space. So you need, as I said, money. You need a lot of luck because you need to be on the right time, right place with the correct person and everything should work perfectly according to the planning that you are making. You should also be medically fit you are not going to space uh, if you just had uh, an accident operation or you have heart problem to high pressure this is also yeah. a point that you should not forget and after uh, you should be mentally ready i mean they will not send someone to space uh, who could uh, commit suicide or kill someone you know or, uh, or, or rob things to uh, other people inside the space station yeah. it should be someone very stable and uh, all these people uh, will be checked before to go to space you are not sending to space uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, everybody without uh, having uh, controls, except maybe during uh, suborbital flights because it's much faster. It takes uh, 12 minutes yeah. for Blue Origin, uh, two hours uh, with Virgin Galactic. So these kind of small flights are possible. But if you want to go to International Space Station or uh, more far away, like for example, uh, Inspiration 4 mission of SpaceX, yeah. uh, you need to be uh, really suitable for the mission, let's say like this. Yeah, that's That's really important when it comes to physical health and uh, mental health is really important, as you said, because we cannot send people who is trying to be, you know, like not act act good with the colleagues of yeah, yeah, other, yeah, yeah. other nationalities or, or yeah. So, yeah. Do you have any interesting story about uh, Swiss uh, space tourism agency when you're trying to start it? Because as a president, you would have seen a lot of interesting people and interesting stories like, yeah. Yes, I have one story I want to, to say. Uh, at the beginning, uh, I was welcoming everybody to become a member of uh, Swiss Space Tourism and uh, from all over the world. And uh, very fast at the beginning of my uh, 
Association came one guy uh, from Cameroon, Africa, hein, Cameroon. And this guy was absolutely motivated, passionate, but uh, I, I felt he did not have a lot of money. You know, in a country like Cameroon, you are poor. Yeah. I mean, you, are, you don't have much money. So I told yeah. him, okay, look, I will give you the chance and uh, I'm inviting you. You can become member of Swiss Space Tourist. You will not pay. You are my guest. And the guy, he was so glad, so proud, and he was really uh, following up uh, and uh, trying everything to become the first uh, citizen of Cameroon to, to fly to space. He was making a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, contact with person, with rich people, with politic people everywhere. And it reached somehow one guy in New York, in New York City, who is a uh, owner of a radio emission. And this guy, he was connecting with me and he was connecting with the guy from Cameroon. And we, we got a live interview between USA, Cameroon and Switzerland. And uh, this guy at the end from uh, New York, he was so impressed also by the motivation of uh, our Cameroon member that uh, he said, OK, we will offer you a telescope like this. You can study astronomy. And... This guy from Cameroon, he created at the end uh, uh, of the story the first uh, Cameroon Astronomy Club, and he received his uh, telescope free of charge from USA. And I think this story is absolutely amazing because he got also the press after that was following he, him. He became like a star inside his own country. So it's just to say that uh, people connected with Swiss space tourists could reach such place, such positions, uh, and the, such uh, incredible moments in their life that are really ast astonishing. I mean, uh, how you can imagine that uh, a guy from Cameroon could be famous, like maybe he will be the, the first guy to go to space. And now he became uh, the guy who created Astronomy Club in Cameroon. Well, uh, this is kind of story I like very much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so like, let's talk about, yeah, uh, like, the things needs to be done to become a space tourist and what are the like important uh, steps needs to be followed uh, as you can okay. see you know like yeah yes uh, okay so to become a, a space tourist it doesn't mean that you need to to fly to space it starts from the moment uh, you start training you can train by several ways it can be centrifuge, zero gravity flight flight inside an aerobatic aircraft it's a military jet to go to uh, Russia and to make some special training. You can go to, uh, to, to NASTAR to make also medical yeah. checkup. I mean, to see physically you are able. All part of the training that have for goal to send you to space is considered already as a space tourist training. It's a lot of uh, different parts that you need to, to get in order to get the package full. And when you have full package, you are ready to go to space if you have money to, to buy your ticket, of course. So that's what I, I want to say. It starts from the beginning. As soon as you make some uh, training, some uh, exercise or some planification to go to space, you start to become a space tourist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you remember any interesting stories when you were training uh, for uh, for training as an astronaut, like uh, for like an astronaut for space tourism? Yes, actually, when I was uh, flying uh, the Sukhoi 27 mm -hmm. uh, flanker, it's uh, one of uh, the best uh, military jets. I mean, at the time I was flying it, it was one of the best. Uh, the pilot, he told me uh, at the part of the, of the flight, your control, meaning that I was able to take the stick and to fly myself, uh, the Russian military jet Sukhoi 27. And I said, mm -hmm. OK, I want to try maximum G-forces. 
because I'm inside the military jet to see what my body can support mm -hmm. and how much I can support. So I turn the stick to the left, put 90 degrees and pull it back. You know, if you mm -hmm. saw the movie Maverick, it's almost yeah, the same. Yeah. Huh? And I started to get uh, two Gs, three, four, five, six mm -hmm. Gs. And six mm -hmm. Gs, you can almost not breathe. I mean, it's a really top gun. Yeah. Huh? And I was pulling to get more. But I felt that on the stick, the pilot uh, who was uh, just in front of me, he was pulling opposite. <laughs> he did not want me to make more than six Gs. And I was thinking, but shit, I want to get more. But he was pushing. And he said, my control. <laughs> okay, then I left him the stick again. So this is a most interesting story. And second part mm -hmm. also during this flight, uh, I just as a reminder, I was learning to become a private pilot at that time, but I was still not qualified and I was still not an aerobatic pilot, but I wanted to make a looping. Looping, just yeah. like this, you know. So I took uh, the control, pulled the stick, it, it started to, to climb and we entered some clouds. And uh, in the clouds, I lost orientation. And instead of uh, going uh, uh, like a normal looping uh, downstairs like this, we started to turn, meaning that when we went out of the cloud, it was totally unexpected attitude of the aircraft. It was no more looping. It was uh, just shit that I made. <laughs> and I, the guy said, my control. <laughs> and I left everything and he took control back <laughs> again and put the aircraft in correct position, meaning that it's not so yeah. easy, you know, to fly a jet inside the clouds when you don't uh, have your pilot license. But it was yeah. a great experience to me. Yeah, any new initiatives from space uh, space tourism agency? Like, uh, I remember you were talking about uh, flying to space, uh, like as a space tourist from uh, Swiss based tourism. Like, yes, like, okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, this is uh, one of the goal. I mean, for that, in contact with company like uh, Axiom, uh, like mm -hmm. uh, Space Adventure and the Blue Origin. I have all mm -hmm. contacts. Uh, meaning that now what uh, is needful is to get a sponsor. I need to find a partner who will be able to help financially because it's no way I can uh, afford it myself. You know, if I need to pay uh, uh, millions of uh, of US dollars for my ticket, uh, well, I'm I'm working. I have a full time job. I'm not millionaire, but uh, I have the contact. So meaning that anybody who is interested to fly to space can contact me, and I will help him to get the ticket and the seat because I have the direct contact now. But for me, the next step is this. It's either to see more astronauts, cosmonauts, and to communicate with them. And actually, uh, that's uh, that's working very good because on my uh, uh, LinkedIn profile, for example, I have a lot of astronauts who are connected with me and now they are interacting with me when I am posting some videos, uh, for example, of my uh, Sukhoi 27 flights or uh, when I'm making zero gravity uh, training in Russia. They start to interact, for example, the Swiss astronaut Claude Nicolier or uh, the second French to go to space, uh, Patrick Baudry. These people really start now to be uh, interactive with me and I think it's great. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, like in space community, it's really hard to find a contact and, you know, like get interact, uh, interact with them because, you know, like for years, a uh, space industry has been like really a small bubble. As you say that we cannot uh, go for trainings or like, yeah, we had a lot of difficulties in the beginning and talking about buying a ticket, uh, so how to buy a ticket? How to buy a ticket for flying in the space? Yes. Simple it, question. <laughs> it's 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 absolutely easy. <laughs> First of all, you need to to have uh, the correct contact person. 
me via Swiss Space Tourism, I got correct contact person with Blue Origin and uh, with Axiom and with Space Adventure, meaning that I can buy any kind of ticket. Mm -hmm. And what you will need to do is first of all, before even to discuss the prize, they will ask you to sign a NDA, non-disclosure agreement, meaning that uh, yeah. if you are clients of one of these companies, you will not be authorized to communicate neither the price nor the date of your flight nor the training you are doing. They will take care of everything. It's a marketing yeah. team for Blue Origin. It's a marketing team for Axiom. You should be very discreet and they will publish this uh, information when they want. Because, for example, you, you are able to fly with a very famous people. I give uh, the example of the Captain uh, Kirk of uh, Star Trek, you know, William Chat yeah. Shatner, the actor, he flew with Blue Origin. Yeah. If you have the chance to fly with uh, such guy, I mean, it's an honor. But they don't yeah. want you to say it before that they decide to, to say publicly, you know, because it will attract yeah. a lot of media attention and more media are uh, following the flights. If it is successful, more clients it can bring after to the company. And this is what they want because they need clients, you know, space costs a lot. And the only way to get uh, this business working is to have people ready to pay for uh, success. Yeah. And all right. And a quick question about the biggest players in the space tourism industry. You say that you have contacts with Axiom and Blue Origin and uh, Space Ad Space Adventure, yeah? Yeah, of Space Adventure, Axiom, Blue Origin, correct. Yeah. I, ha I had also Virgin Galactic, but uh, uh, actually yeah. I'm less interested in Virgin Galactic. Why? Uh, because they are not uh, crossing Carbon Line. For me, if I want to go to space, I need to cross this 100 kilometers of altitude to become an astronaut. If I'm below, you know, it's 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 not giving me uh, what I want. I, I want to become an astronaut. So I need to cross this carbon line. Virgin Galactic are not offering this. And after, mm -hmm. it is companies also like uh, Roscosmos who can send you uh, to the International Space Station. But you need to be realistic. The price is around uh, 50 million US dollars. I mean, it's uh, much more than I can afford, definitely. So yeah. it's it's no need for me to have contact with them. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, you know, like now a lot of private space industry uh, uh, is coming and they are trying to make it affordable. So, yeah, let's hope we have a lot of uh, space companies coming in and making more more cheaper. And yeah, just a moment. And uh, yeah, we have three more minutes. Maybe I can ask you more questions as well. Yep. Yeah. And what's your piece of advice for the people who are trying to be become a space tourist or uh, space like space industry specialist? Yes. Okay. So first of all, uh, you need to to go where you will find people with knowledge, capabilities, and experience in space. Mm -hmm. Because if you stay in your small group and uh, nobody did uh, anything connected with space, you will not go forward. If, for example, you go to meeting like Starmoose. Starmoose, it's uh, an event that is happening uh, six times until now in the, in the, in the last uh, year, six times. It's meeting of Apollo astronauts who work on the moon or who were uh, in orbit around the moon. Mm -hmm. And you have the chance to meet them directly. Myself, I could meet Harrison Schmidt, for example. I could meet uh, uh, Claude Nicolier. I could meet uh, Charlie Duke, uh, Al Vorden. I mean, all these astronauts, uh, Gwenadi Padalka. I mean, 
all they, they were available. You can speak and discuss with them. And if you have the chance to, to take a photo uh, with one of them or uh, to exchange uh, a few words uh, or to even have a contact with them, it's yeah. giving you great opportunities to, to enter this bubble because it's a bubble space, space uh, community. If you are not able to enter this bubble, you will only stay around, you know, you will be orbiting. To enter, it is very difficult. And I think that I started now to enter this bubble and now I'm somehow inside. I'm still not the guy who went to space, but I have access to all these people now who are inside. And this is the most difficult. And you should get your own experience. Try to, to go to the space agencies, uh, which can help you to make your own training. It will cost you some money, but definitely yeah. you cannot uh, speak about uh, space tourism uh, without uh, any dollar in your pocket. You will only yeah. dream about it. If you want to leave it, you need to have some money, somehow make business, do something, uh, uh, buy and uh, resell something else uh, much more expensive. Try to make some money to pay for something and start from the beginning. You can start by uh, simple things like for example uh, centrifuge you know to, to try the g-forces yeah, yeah, this is yeah. not the most expensive if you have more money then you can try zero gravity uh zero gravity flight it's around uh, okay five six thousand euros five, it's already euros, yeah. something important but after you can make uh, extra vehicular activity in the swimming pool then it's more than twelve thousand euros it costs a lot of money but if yeah. you do something like this you will be one of our very seldom people who could make extravehicular activities inside the pool. I mean, it's really something that uh, okay. if you are not astronaut, normally you are not doing. So, so voila, so you need to start. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, but yeah, as you were saying, talking about, you know, like uh, the space industry and the zero G flights, probably, yes, that's really a good idea on uh, going for a zero G flight when you want to be like a space tourist and yes actually just to come back to the subject what are the most amazing things you can do before to go to space the first uh, thing you can do is uh, zero gravity because you will fly like an astronaut uh, inside space station this is uh, something you cannot uh, simulate else uh, than uh, yeah. by doing such kind of flights second things if you can make aerobatic flights uh, or a flight uh, in a military jet that's also something great because you will get the g-forces that you can face yeah. during a liftoff of a rocket so this is a second very important thing third thing you can do centrifuge for example also to try the g-forces if you cannot pay for yeah. the the flight in the aircraft you make centrifuge on ground it's okay and uh, one of the most important you could do would be to make extra vehicular activities into the hydrolab meaning into the pool this is the next thing i would like to do myself i need to coordinate but now with uh, uh, the war uh, between uh, russia and ukraine uh, the doors are not so easily open so uh, we need to see that uh, and wait that the situation will improve so to have again easy access to russia and then I think I will make it myself. I think it can be like uh, one of the best things I have done in my life, you know, to simulate a, a space walk uh, around the International Space Station at a reasonable price, let's say like this. That would be something great to share also with uh, my audience. Yeah, that's that's really important. And talking about centrifugal, yeah, I remember I saw one of those in Poland where they can give some training. Uh, I think it's from Polish military base. Someone was uh, saying me about that. I don't remember exactly who talked about that. But yeah, it comes with a price as well. And it's a little bit more cheaper than uh, than other places. 
It's around like yes, 1,000. Actually, in Russia, it's around 1,500 euros. You can try already uh, two, three minutes. Uh, it's yeah. not long, but I mean, uh, you will suffer anyway. But don't <laughs> make it too long and too be sick. <laughs> yeah, and I guess it's a, it's around the same price tag in Poland as well, 1,700 or something. So, yeah, it's quite interesting and, uh, you know, fun to go on one of those rides either which which one which place is accessible you know and yeah yeah, yeah. but you, you you have definitely russia you have definitely uh, nastar in usa yeah. uh, you can get some g-forces via uh, space training academy of nancy vermulen she has also a con contact or connection that can simulate uh, a kind of suborbital flight but into a simulator you get 2.5 g's maximum but it's also interesting something to be done one time but it's yeah. always the same it's a question of money and of time you need to have the time to do it because uh, for example when i went to uh, european space agency in cologne i went by car it took me eight hours to drive by car i had to spend one night of hotel uh, when i came <clears throat> the next day i was visiting and uh, the next day i was uh, again sleeping and uh, i made two times visit somehow uh, but it, it takes uh, three four days almost you know to go to visit such place yeah, I also remember my Erasmus from uh, Kaunas, Lithuania to Strasbourg. We drove by car. It took us two days. We had to sleep yes. in the middle all the time. But yeah. one thing about Germany is that they have good autobahn, like the roads are really good. And yeah, yeah, highway are okay to drive. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's, but it's yeah. long, long way, uh, long way. Yeah. yeah, the things we do for space. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite of crazy, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. you need to be a little bit crazy to go to space. It's yeah. very dangerous also, not, not to forget yeah. about this. Yeah, and also, yeah, I had an opportunity to talk with someone from International Space University when I was in France as well. Like, yeah, the, the guys are based on Strasbourg, if you remember, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I also remember Mr. Bernard Foing. Uh, ah, yes, 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 uh, yes. Yeah, I saw was... him when I was uh, in Marbella, yes. Yeah. And it was uh, the woman of International Space University also. Uh, I forgot her name, but uh, she yeah. was there also, yeah. Yeah, it, we, we end up meeting in interesting personalities. As you said earlier, space is a bubble and it's really hard uh, to get in. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, I will give you the secret. I mean, uh, you, you know it already, but I mean, it's for people who are listening to us. If mm -hmm. uh, you get this possibility to be invited as a speaker, because you know your topic, you know your subject, maybe you don't know everything, but you are good in one subject. For example, me, space tourism. I, this is my point uh, of entry. Uh, then sooner or later, someone will be interested in your knowledge and he will say, ah, we mm -hmm. want uh, to hear you, what you can say about that. And then if you enter like this, uh, you have access to the doors that give access to this bubble. And then you meet the people who are really interesting and who can uh, offer and share opportunities to, to make uh, some meeting with people who went to space uh, or uh, to have access to a lift off of a shuttle uh, at that time before uh, Soyuz now or uh, SpaceX it's it's contact all is with contact you know it's not by sending emails or uh, papers to people that uh, you will succeed you need to be face to face with the people and to have the connection yeah yeah I, I would highly suggest that you know like last time when even international space convention was going on I remember talking with Martin as, you know, like how I missed meeting people in offline. Uh, yeah, yeah. For the last two years, all of us were in like in small meetings 
where people will be showing their presentations or their paper presentations or journals or their company and uh, we miss talking with them in the networking session it's it's always important to meet people on persons you know absolutely it's a, uh, it's a key it's the key. And now I had this chance, for example, when I was uh, in Marbella during uh, Sutu 7, uh, it's uh, Space and Underwater uh, Tourism Universal Summit. I met people from Axiom, from uh, Orbital Assembly. Orbital Assembly, they are constructing the new hotel for space. Uh, it's a yeah. space station, but for tourists. Uh, I met really, really interesting people. And uh, you, by meeting them face to face, you get connections. Somehow they became like your friends uh, or your partners. Yeah. And it's much more interesting to, to, to have seen them one time because they will always remember you. If you make, uh, okay, uh, by email, uh, who is this guy? I have no idea. But if you make them face to face, you have a drink with them, you share some special points or your experience, yeah. then it's giving chance after to to be able to work with them one time. Yeah, that that's that's the thing really important. And yes, and moreover, we are going to the end of the podcast. And yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Boris, for coming. And uh, yeah, do you have any advice? Uh, as I was asking earlier, do you have any like still advice left for the people working on space? Yes. Like, yeah. la, 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 last advice I will I will say it's uh, don't be a spectator, be an actor. You need to yeah. do the things. You know, it's good to see others doing. But once you are doing it yourself, it's much more easy to speak about what happened. Because if yeah. you see a rocket taking off, you will say, wow, it's nice. It was noisy. I saw big light. It was a really, everything was moving. But if you are inside, it's not the same story, you know. Try to be actor. Go and make the things. Make the trainings that the cosmonaut and astronaut yeah. are doing. And then you will start to become a specialist uh, on, on your subject, either in G4Cs or in medical experimentation yeah. or in technical engineering, whatever. But be an actor and get a specialization in one point. This is my advice. Yeah, that's really a great piece of advice, including myself as well. Uh, yeah, like I'm 24 and I'm working on a lot of things as a mechatronics engineer. I started doing my own podcast because a lot of people don't have much access like on what's going on in space industry. Mm -hmm. And yeah, People think that, you know, like space is always, you know, like for the exclusive people. And this topic, I think people will be really having a realization on how space industry works and uh, any like making sure that space is for everyone, not for like particular people. Yeah. Yes, but you can yeah. pay for your ticket and go to space. But you, you will not enter maybe this bubble of uh, all these people who are really yeah. space fans, space experts, passionate. To, to, to do that, you need to be uh, credible. I mean, people should listen to you and think, okay, this guy, he knows what he's talking about. He has yeah. experience. He did things I did not do, so he's uh, more relevant on the subject than me. And it's only by doing the things that you will get this credibility. It's not by uh, watching others doing. Yeah. You need to do it yourself and to say, okay, I did this. I did this. This is my experience. I went to this place. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw these people. Uh, we, we made together uh, this uh, meeting, this webinar whatever uh, we we took part yeah. to the presentation of a subject of space tourism uh, you need really to to be proactive and uh, after you need to share it and more people will hear about you more people will see what you did 
then you will get more credibility and it's opening the doors after people will come to you to find a way to work together. Yes, most of us. And yeah, thank you so much for coming and uh, yeah. Uh, you are welcome, Girinat. Uh, so uh, let's keep in touch. Uh, 